you just have to go out and do it. it. It can be frightening at first, but once you get into it, it's almost just like a single family home. It's just a bigger asset. And mm-hmm. then you have to spend some money up front on an inspection. All right. That's the cost of doing business. It's not the mistake that matters. It's how you deal with it, what you learn from it, and how you apply that lesson to your life. Welcome to Multifamily Missteps, where your host, Jerome Myers, brings on apartment investors from around the country, big and small, to share with you the lessons they wish somebody would have told them. These short episodes are designed to expedite your journey to growing a profitable apartment portfolio without all the mistakes that others have made. We're super excited that you're here. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody, welcome to Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the pleasure of having Michael Sampson in with me today. How are you today, Michael? I'm doing fine. How are you? Great, man. What part of the world are you in? I'm actually calling you from Roby, Kenya. No way. Yeah. How is that? It's, I was going to say it's wild, but then people might misconstrue what that would mean. <laughs> so... You're doing multifamily investing from Nairobi. Is that a thing? Is that real? That's real. Yeah, that's real. Tell me more. Tell me more. How did you get involved and how does that work? Because most people in the U.S. can't even figure out how to do a multifamily deal. And you're doing it from a different continent. Right. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you that we started with single family, just like a lot of people did for basically 20 years and rented out one uh, place, sold a couple of different places, but rented out one place for about 20 years. And then I took that and turned that into a seven unit. And then the next following year, I took an IRA and converted it into an IRA that does, uh, or a self-directed IRA, basically, that allows for real estate and bought a, a 10 unit. Wow. What markets are you buying in? In Maryland. Maryland. Okay. Okay. So I think that was at least two different multifamily deals. My assumption is that they went perfectly. You made all the money in the world and there's nothing that you, there were no mistakes made, right? Okay. So they have offers on them now. Okay. And if everything goes well, and I don't want to jinx it, you know, knock on wood. Yes. It would be profitable. Yes, definitely. I'd like to I'd like to share with you the numbers later, but I wanted to go through first, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. And I mean the exit is just part of the deal. So did you have any lessons that you learned along the way on this multifamily journey that would be beneficial for the listeners to know? Well, I think you just have to go out and do it. It it can be frightening at first, but once you get into it, it's almost just like a single family home. It's just a bigger asset. And mm-hmm. then you have to spend some money up front on an inspection. All right. That's the cost of doing business. You got to get it professionally inspected. Right. Of course, you also have to work with a bank, a mortgage broker to make sure that you can do the deal. And then, of course, the one of the main people that really got us into it 
was the real estate broker. And those two deals were actually off-market deals. I called them on a on-market deal. We didn't like it. And so we said, okay, we don't like this. What else do you got? And he said, okay, there's something else I'd like to show you. We don't know about it yet, but it might be available. We looked at it and we liked it. And we said, yeah, let's go for it. And then we put in LOI and we got it. And the same with the next following year, it was also, then I just came straight to him and I said, you know, show me the off-market deals. So the broker relationships are important. The other thing is when you ask that question, there was no mistakes. Okay. It's not like we made a mistake, but we went through two property management companies. Okay. And the first one, whatever reason they kept, the numbers were changing a little bit. And so I started asking questions. I just felt uncomfortable. So we switched to another one and then everything was fine. But then all of a sudden this property manager put a person in uh, one of the units that we specifically said, we don't want this person because his references weren't checking out. And he put them in there anyway. And we found out about it because I guess they forgot to keep it a secret and they paid us for a month. And it's like, oh, we went crazy and we got rid of that one. And then we got one that worked out pretty well. So that's almost like a horror story if you think about it, you know. So what was the issue? Like, why didn't you want the resident in the building? It, because he didn't have any source of income that was reliable. Okay. Right. And then when he gave us a reference, it was like a friend. It wasn't like a reference for, from a job or a reference from previous landlord. It wasn't anything that you could use. So we said that didn't make any sense. But then the property manager put that person into that unit. And then we found out, I guess by mistake, I don't know. I think it's, it was either a mistake on his part. That means he was trying to keep the money. So that's, that is like a horror story for me. That didn't derail the deal or, it, you know what I'm saying? It didn't really spoil what is a very good outcome. A lot of people want to be profitable multifamily operators, but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order, slowing or eliminating their ability to get the next deal done. We have developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they use our system, they create time and location freedom, as well as the generational wealth they desire for their family. The Multifamily Kickstart program has proven to be the fastest way to establish credibility and build a profitable apartment portfolio. Hop over to JeromeMyers.co to find out more. So it sounds like you got to vet the property manager and make sure you understand the procedures that they use in order to place residents in your property. So did you fire the property manager over that or you just made them? Yes. Make an yes, immediately. And in fact, to escalate things, because he was dragging his foot, we actually had some conversations with the local police just to let them know that whoever that person is in that unit, because we didn't know about the credibility of that person, anything about him at all. And we were afraid that he could do something to the other residents because we didn't know. So we just wanted to go on record saying, we don't know anything about that person. And then it 
after that, it resolved itself within like two or three days. Wow. So you wanted to get the thing taken care of as quickly as possible to reduce your liability. Exactly. Exactly. But I don't want to scare people away. I mean, you're going to have, there's always going to be something, but as long as it's not, you know, bad, you're still going to come out ahead. Yeah. Because economies of scale, you can't, there's nothing that beats multifamily with regards to the economies of scale, the tax benefits, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So where do you, you said you're getting ready to exit at least one of the deals. They Where both have offers. Next? Yeah. Okay. Both have offers. I'm looking for properties now in the DMV area, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia. And uh, basically staying close to that area because we do have older daughters in the Washington, DC area who, if need be, can be our booth on the ground. Awesome. And so are you going bigger? Or are you going the same size or which? Yes, bigger. It's kind of like a natural progression because if everything goes right, it'll be like a 2X. So go to the next larger size. Yes, that would be it. And we're doing it all ourselves as GPs. One thing that I would like to probably learn more about in my multifamily journey would be to do joint ventures and maybe down the road, learn a little bit more about syndications. Yeah, that's going to require a lot more education and learning and, but I'm getting, how do you say, acclimatized to that, or at least my mind is opening up because of the real, some real estate meetups, which are very good to learn from others and also to make potential connections, which are good. And I, I think of that as a long-term experience where you have to meet a person, you have to have several conversations, you have to get to that no like, and trust factor, if you will before you can, you know, potentially do any business with someone. So those are more or less for cultivation of long-term relationships. And I think that's, you know, what you have to do. Wow. Okay. 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 So you talked about all the different ways that people get those done in multifamily. Some of them are by themselves. Others are in joint ventures and then syndications is kind of the largest and probably most complicated of all of the ways to do a deal. So with that said, I'd like to wrap these up, having the guests give our listeners some words of wisdom. So what would you have the listeners hear from you, Michael, on what they need to do in order to either get their next or their first multifamily deal done successfully? Uh, okay, well, let me think about that for a minute. Maybe it's not just one thing, but definitely read some good books on multifamily. Definitely go to real estate meetups and network with people. And so we had, because we had that one house where we sold and we used that as a down payment, if anyone is in that situation, it's easy. I mean, it's relatively easy. I mean, it's, you still got to do due diligence and do a lot of work. But that's easier than starting from scratch or nothing, right? And so I would encourage anyone who has a single family house when they sell it, go multifamily. Love it, love it. You heard it from Michael himself. Get the education. There's no substitute for it. And when you're making investments of this size, a lack of education is a great way for you to lose your money and potentially other people's money. And the network that you can cultivate and grow 
through those experiences of going to meetups and conferences and other you know seminars and other opportunities to learn more about the space is going to be the game changer for you taking things to the next level. So, Michael, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Thank you for having me, Jerome. For sure. And to the listeners, your, the pack is with you. We'll talk soon. You made it all the way to the end. So that means you love this episode of Multifamily Missteps. I need a favor from you. The only way this show grows is if more people know about it. So do me a favor. Take a screenshot and post it on your favorite social media platform and tag me in it. Who knows? We may have you as the next guest. I look forward to sharing the episode with you next week.